Inside the Post-Dispatch. Hello and thank you for joining us on Inside the Post-Dispatch. I'm Beth O'Malley and I'm joined today by two people who aren't usually here. One of them is Alex Valentine, the Breaking News and Public Safety Editor. Hi, Beth. (laughs) Hi. I was looking at him like, say hello. (laughs) Hello. hello. There you go. (laughs) He is here with me today with our guest, Ethan Colbert. Hi. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You picked up on cues so much better. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um, Ethan joined the Post-Dispatch from the Washington Missourian, where he served as editor and reporter. And while there, he um, was doing some coverage that he's continued at the Post-Dispatch on Augusta's ongoing transformation into the Napa Valley of the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, he grew up in Frankfort, Missouri. I looked it up. It's in Pike County. It is. Thank you for doing your research. Yeah. Shout out to Frankfort. <laughs> uh, it's south of Hannibal and north of Bowling Green. Correct. In case you're wondering. And Bowling Green is north of Troy. Troy yes. is north of St. So, Peter's, I think. Yeah. So if you're uh, okay. highway inclined, we are the 61 <laughs> corridor. So if you get on Highway 61, you can't miss Frankfort. Some people say they do, but you really can't. You drive right through it. But is there a stoplight? There is not, but there is my cousin's gas station, so you can stop. So I will give a (laughs) shout out to uh, Shortline 66. Nice. Future advertiser on the podcast. Well, you know, you never know. It's, we, are, we do need a sponsor. So. Well, Greg, if you're listening to this when this goes live, this could be your opportunity. <laughs> Ethan got dual degrees in journalism and political science from Mizzou and has worked in Quincy and the Bowling Green newspapers before mm-hmm. working for the Washington newspaper. Now you cover St. Charles County. Mm-hmm. Um, since joining us in May, you've covered a lot of different things, uh, kind of general St. Charles County topics because you're kind of like a general assignment reporter for the county. Yeah, I would say definitely so. I think St. Charles County has so much uh, news coming out of it these days. There's major newsmakers there. So it's fun that there's that much variety and it's kind of like a smorgasbord of opportunities of I'm not quite sure what I'm going to cover one day to the next. It makes it a lot of fun. How do you find stories uh, mm-hmm. While covering such a wide area, there's a ton of different towns in there, and then you have the county council. So definitely, government websites with their links to their agendas are my friend. That's kind of my default mechanism. Is I go to those websites and I check agendas, but it's also showing up and asking questions and and listening to the issues. And you know, reporters, I think we kind of have that spidey sense sometimes that. It goes off in, in our internal mind, um, mind of, oh, that that's a story. And then we kind of tuck that away and then let those stories develop over time. And when I interviewed you, yeah, <laughs> I kind of was like, your problem in St. Charles County is not going to be finding news. It's mm-hmm. going to be prioritizing news. And if you and Alice could talk a little bit about how you kind of weigh which story to cover first or which story to to put on the back burner? So I'll start off by just saying like what my process is before I even approach Alex and say, hey, I think these are stories is I am old fashioned in the sense that I still carry a date book planner. So I have to write everything out. And so I need to see when meetings are and what the topics are. If I ever lose my planner, I am lost. Uh, So I have to see what is really ahead of me that week. So then I can say, okay, 
and looking at what are the big stories that I know, like what's coming out of county council. Then I look and I say, okay, what what are coming out of the bigger cities in St. Charles County, whether that's Wentzville, St. Peter's, O'Fallon. But then I'm also looking because we can't ignore the communities of Augusta or Forestell because there is big news coming out of those communities as well. So we really do check those places and it's building sources with community leaders because I am one person in a county of, you know, several thousand people uh, and it's a big county. You know, you start driving at one side of the county and you do not reach the end of it in 30 minutes. Like you're going to be driving for a while if you're going from Augusta uh, all the way to Portage to Sioux. So uh, it's building sources in those little communities and big communities so that you can say, okay, what are the issues that are going on? And uh the people that are really plugged into their communities have reached out, which has been great mm-hmm. um, because then I'm able to come to Alex with better pitches and to say, hey, this is why this is a story and, and why I think we should be covering it. Yeah, Ethan has a good nose for news, um, which makes my job much easier. Uh, it, it helps me to to really like my main job is to put myself in the shoes of the reader like an average reader and like what do i expect readers to find interesting what information do i think readers need to know um what is this like is where is this in the intersection of like interesting and important um you know storytelling and necessary uh and and so having a good nose for news make like having a reporter who has a good nose for news um it makes it a lot easier for me to to kind of be an objective observer of that um, and and try to put myself in the shoes of a reader. One of the things that you've been covering recently Mm -hmm. is the um, saga of the library, the St. I'm going to get this wrong. The St. Charles city County library. Correct. Yes. Um, Give us a little bit of, of what's going on with that district. Sure. So that library district uh, has, you're right, has kind of been this epicenter of scrutiny uh, for several months, even before my time on the staff here at the Post-Dispatch. From what I know, it was that there was a patron of the library district who went to a particular library branch, and they saw an individual who was dressed um, to use their initial complaint uh, had facial hair, a goatee, uh, specifically was wearing fingernail polish and some other makeup. And that was questionable to that patron. Um, that patron raised concerns. And then that has just kind of snowballed into very lengthy, very passionate meetings with uh, the, you know, with members of the public, both criticizing the library for allowing that attire um, or for that uh, person's self-expression. Um, but then you also have people who are um, defending that library employee and saying, you know, these are not St. Charles County values. So it's this really interesting tug of war with both sides. And I've had that conversation with people who are on both sides about, you know, what exactly is at stake here in St. Charles County? Uh, so there's been that initial complaint, but we're also seeing kind of the national debate over LGBTQ issues in libraries happening in St. Charles County. For example, um, earlier uh, I was speaking with the CEO, Jason Cool about uh, a ban on, or somebody had filed a book challenge. They wanted 
all um, references to homosexual or transgender content removed from the library, including any reference in medical journals, including in any dictionaries. They just wanted all of that content removed. The library did deny that request because they said you can't deny or you can't ban or challenge an entire subject matter. Like we, uh, St. Charles, much like St. Louis, is a, a sports-loving area. So it would be like saying, we're all Cardinals fans, so we're going to ban any reference to the Chicago Cubs. Like, don't get me wrong. As many Cardinals fans, we would probably love if the Cubs would just be in last place and, you know, the Cardinals would win the World Series every year. But we still have to play, you know, we have to acknowledge that they exist. Um, we can't ban them from baseball. So it is really interesting and it's one of those meetings where you're never quite sure what's going to come out uh, because you have parents who are making uh, allegations during the public comment period and then my job as a reporter is to i think my job as a reporter is to be the fly on the wall to be the observer but then to also go to the officials and say what is the truth here what and then go back to those parents or to those patrons and say where are you getting your information and and that's a really interesting dialogue to have i wish we could have more of that dialogue just as a society um than just you know me as a reporter but it's it's really interesting and it's been a fun but also late night part of my job because some of these library board meetings and i will give a shout out to the trustees they are truly public servants. I mean, anybody who sets on a government board, whether that's the public water utility board or the fire district board, like you're out to serve your community. And uh, as somebody who believes in like community service, it's nice to see that uh, people are stepping up for those roles, but they are sitting there and having these hour long meetings about things that I imagine when they said, oh yeah, I'll serve on the library board, they never thought that these issues would come up. So it's it's been, as you said, a saga. <laughs> and what has the reader reaction been to that story or that those continuing articles? So we've seen peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first meeting that I attended uh, was really kind of the second meeting of this issue. And so just to help our listeners with the timeline uh, of like, wait, what what meeting? So I started at the Post-Dispatch uh, in uh, late May. So it would have been the June meeting, I believe, the June meeting of the, of the library board. And at that meeting, I had people telling me, again, that, you know, they've lived in St. Charles County for 30, 40 years. They are, are a lifelong resident of St. Charles County. And they were really heart sick by this seeing this portrayed in the local news uh, on local TV because they said this didn't reflect the St. Charles County that they knew. They see St. Charles County as a very loving place, as a place much like, you know, it wasn't that long ago that St. Charles County looked a lot like my native Pike County. It was more rural um, and it was families lived there for generations so everybody knew everybody. But that's kind of evolved as as the communities have grown and uh, different people have moved in and it's become uh, more than a bedroom community, as one person said. So it's definitely been 
an interesting uh, conversation to have. And I think people are interested. So like that first meeting, it was packed and it was capacity. Then last night at the library board meeting, there was about 50 people at the start. And by the time it was over, there were 13 members of the public left. So, you know, we went from having 350 plus at that first meeting that I covered to 50. So I don't know if the public is losing interest or if they're simply saying by their lack of attendance that they don't want this issue anymore. They want it to go away, which is what I heard from a couple people actually last night that, you know, they want to show up because they want to hear what happens, but they're also so ready to just move on with their life and to not have, as this uh, one person put it, this black eye on St. Charles County. It is great to see um, a reporter dedicated to St. Charles County because it's an area that is so, it has so such different issues than St. Louis mm-hmm. in the city or the county and St. Louis County even. What are your perceptions of St. Charles County or, or your um, impressions of it coming from such a rural area of Missouri and, and wa- even Washington, which is not um, quite as big? Yeah, so I would say it's like, Everything is in St. Charles County, for lack of a better phrase, it's just bigger. Um, the scales of the, you know, the infrastructure projects are bigger because they need more lanes on the highway. They need more uh, housing developments, or you know, that's the argument the developers make at least. Uh, so the the projects are bigger, uh, the meetings are bigger. Uh, so everything seems to be, um, I don't, bigger in St. Charles County. Uh, but it's, you know, that is. Coming from Pike County and coming from a rural area, it is one of the kind of great joys of the fact that I'm able, I think, to bring that perspective of if I need to be in Portage to Sioux and I'm talking to farmers there, I can go from that to then thanks to my experience in Washington and thanks to my experience in Quincy and even my experience at the J school. I mean, Columbia is no uh, sleeper city. It's <laughs> it's uh, a very happening place uh, as far as news goes. And so, you know, I'm able to then to go into a place like St. Charles and have conversations with these urban dwellers that, you know, their life revolves around their, their work, the grocery store, the park, the, and the, you know, the local library or, you know, the, whatever other place they they frequent so it is really fun uh, plus i will also say there's a lot of folks from pike county people that i grew up with that now live in st charles county and so sometimes it's happened a couple of times that i've had like little miniature pike county reunions in st charles county so if you are a pike county resident or former Pike County resident, and you're in St. Charles County, by all means, reach out. Let's reunite and just reconnect and, and, uh, you know, swap stories about life in Pike County. How can readers reach you? Uh, Great question. So I work mostly remote uh, since, you know, St. Charles versus downtown, Uh, but it would be best to reach me uh, by email, which is uh, ecolbert at postdispatch.com. And it's spelled like Colbert. Yeah, L-B-E-R-T. Right. It'd be much more fun if it was, you know, like Stephen Colbert, but uh, we went with a different pronunciation. Thanks, Ellis Island, I think. Uh, but uh, no, they can definitely reach me by email and we can happily connect. What are uh, what's something that you're most proud of that you've done here so far? Oh, good question. I Thanks. think <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because he's my boss, but good question, Alex. Thanks. So what's uh, a good question? <laughs> 
I would have to say probably probably the reporting on the flood buyouts, um, which in, you know, looking back on the clips that I've had, um, I don't know if it got the most traction online or, you know, uh, but it was the story that really I thought allowed me to be a reporter as I feel called to be because I was able to go and talk to residents about very real issues. I mean, everybody has a home and these people are being asked to put a dollar amount to their home and to say, yeah, I'll take the flood buyout. Or do they say, no, I'm willing to take the risk that I'm going to be flooded out again. And, uh, you know, so that was, and to be able to go from, you know, a couple in St. Charles city that, you know, this was their first home that they ever bought as a couple. It's where their daughter was born and, and raised. And, you know, they're in their late 30s. And they're looking at the real estate market right now and saying, if I take a buyout, where will I go? Because home prices are so high. And then you jump then to West Alton. And I got to speak with a lady who's a longtime West Alton resident. And she's dedicated to keeping West Alton alive, whether it's through her memories of the community or just by continuing to live there. And so that was to me, you know, we take a complex government issue as far as flood buyouts, who's eligible, who's not eligible. We navigated that, I think, pretty well, but then we also showed the human side of it. And I think hopefully that is a story that resonated with readers because even if you live inland and like the chances of you ever being flooded by a river are slim to none or like Noah build an ark kind of flooding you know you could still appreciate the fact that these people were so torn on whether or not to give up their homes yeah yeah that was definitely a good example of like government meets its effect on people Mm -hmm. which is where a lot of powerful journalism is born um tell me what's something what's something that surprised you about working or living here The thing I think that has uh, surprised me the most about, say, Charles County is coming into it, I think maybe they had preconceived notions about me when they heard that, like, ooh, St. Charles County has a dedicated reporter. What's this guy going to be like? And then maybe I had some preconceived notions about them um, thinking, like, oh, it'll be just like in Pike County because we used to be in the same judicial circuit and we used to share state senators and state reps. Like, they're my people because Pike County is my people. Uh, no, we have both changed over the years. Uh, so there are some differences, but I will say uh, from my vantage point, the people that I have met have really welcomed the coverage because it, I think it gives them a sense of validation that their communities do matter. And, you know, they also acknowledge that, you know, I won't be able to be at every city council meeting or every town board meeting um, you know, it's not the level of community journalism where we're showing up to their Corey League baseball games and like snapping photos. Be cute, but like it, there's only so many hours of the day. Um, but they appreciate the coverage. And I think that has been a really nice surprise because I was worried that that was going to be a tough hill to climb to say, you know, to prove to people that I do care and that I do want to be accurate in my reporting and I do want to make sure that their stories are shared. Uh, I think they, they've welcomed me with open arms and I'm, and I'm thankful. So 
if you're if you're out there listening government officials or random neighbors that i've talked to thank you thank you for being so welcoming and what are you working on right now that you're looking forward to so there are many things that i'm working on right now because that is the life of a saint charles county reporter um one of the stories going back to the library uh is this issue about teens causing problems for librarians and i will also say this is a story i'm going to break that fourth wall as a reporter if i haven't already broken it um to say that my mother is a middle school high school librarian and has been for decades and so libraries and librarians are near and dear to my heart and I, yes, I know my mother will be listening to this because she's already asked, how can she listen? Uh, but libraries, uh, so these teens, back to your question. Um, I'll get off my soapbox now, mom, and go back to the question. The question of, you know, what stories am I working on? The library has made the decision that teens younger than 16 and but older than 10 years old need a parent or guardian to accompany them or they need a parent's permission slip to be in the library from 3 to 5 p.m. or whenever school gets out to 5 p.m. And so, you know, that was uh, a controversial decision at the library board because they recognize that for many kids, the library is a place that they can go. And for many families, moms and dads can know that, oh, you know, my kid is going to the library, they're gonna be supervised, they're gonna be safe. The problem is there's not enough staff to supervise the volume of kids that are coming into the library. Uh, for example, one of the libraries reported that on any given day, they have over 100 kids come in after school, and it's like all at once. It's not a trickle. It, they, it's like a stampede uh, into the stampede library. Stampede of teenagers. <laughs> Heaven <God>. forbid. Um, <laughs> Yes, as, as we sat here around this table and we all shake with fear of, of like, the judgment. Oh, well, yeah. Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King, if you're listening, you can take that idea. Um, we will not charge you. Um, we will, but we, we'd like an autographed copy, at least of the manuscript. I think that's fair. Uh, but no, there's a so you know that's the story that we're working on. Um, an, another story that we're working on is the continued questioning of St. Charles County elections and the validity of those elections and some fallout from that. So that as just the appetizer of that story, that's the teaser. You're going to have to stay tuned for what exactly comes from that. But that's so we have that. But then we also have. Hoffman development that's somebody that we haven't talked about really you referenced them I, I did reference them that's so. the group behind the um, renovate not renovations the work in Augusta to bring in uh, more of like a resort almost right atmosphere to a tiny little town yeah um, and a place that many people had probably written off as just being a, a wide spot in the road is now becoming this vibrant uh, community with multiple businesses that are opening. I know they have more businesses planned, not just in Augusta, but in Defiance. They're opening a general store in Defiance soon. So, like, they are really investing. Well, they're investing 150 million is their new estimated total. I suspect it's more than that. Um, and it's really interesting to, I don't know if many listeners will know this, but David Hoffman feels a tremendous loyalty to the people of Augusta because his dad was worked as a delivery truck driver for some of the dairies out there. And that is how Mr. Hoffman's dad fed his family. And David Hoffman grew up 
um, with very humble origins. And he recognizes that had it not been for the people of Augusta, his family would have been far worse off. And so he wants to help uh, revitalize that town out of gratitude, which I think is an interesting element that sometimes people overlook because they see this arguably now very wealthy man coming into their community, buying up property, and they're like, what gives? Well, that's the reason. And I think, you know, as reporters, we find these things out and it really adds an element of understanding and context to the news that we share. So, you know, the Hoffmans are some big newsmakers in St. Charles County, and I think they will probably continue to be for, for a while. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been my pleasure. I appreciate it. My first Liz free episode. So thank you, Alex, for being my uh, my co-host. Today. Yes. Read Ethan Colbert and all of the Post-Dispatch and subscribe to the Post-Dispatch. That is the nicest plug I've ever gotten from a boss. So thank you. <laughs> Don't get used to it. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys.